is Luscious Lou, and I listen to the Comic Syndicate. If you love comics, you'll be in a bed. Listen to the Comic Syndicate. If movies make you contemplate, just science will commentate. Twitter for communication at Comic Syndicate 1. I was drowning in a sea of podcasts, and I found the one I need at long last. Book reviews, the news, sex facts. It's more than anyone can ask for. The Comic Syndicate Podcast. Ooh, the Comic Syndicate Podcast. Ooh, the Comic Syndicate Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Comic Syndicate Welcome to another episode of Deep Dives and Rabbit Holes, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything. I'm your host, Josias, at For the Villain on Twitter, at comic underscore syndicate on Instagram. What's up, guys? I have not pulled off one of these shows in fucking a long time, so uh, this one's going to be a long one. And this one is going to be a bit of a thinker and dark one, I, I think. Who? Okay, um... Welcome to Deep Dives and Rabbit Holes, just to give you a, oh, an indication of what these shows are, completely different than uh, the Comic Syndicate, obviously. Uh, these are water cooler talks. I break down one's particular topic or discussion piece. I do homework. I do research on it. I pull up facts, and then I give my personal thoughts and opinions on it, and if I've experienced anything like this, I, I will give my thoughts and opinions on it as well, and then leave it an open stage for you guys to chime in with me. Um, I know, again, it's been uh, about a, oh, fuck me, a few years since I pulled one of these off. This is going to be a reader. This is going to be a thinker, um, and it's going to be a lot of reading to you guys, and hopefully it's not a boring one. Again, bear with me. I have not... Um, I've gone through this in a long time, so I might take a few breaks just to gather my thoughts and to slow down. I'm normally a quick thinker and a quick talker, but I want to be concise and give you guys as much information as I can. This particular Deep Dives and Rabbit Holes came from a book I am still reading. Uh, currently, I started reading this one a while back. This one is called The Book I'm Reading, and it'll make sense in a weird way. Imperial Life in the, in the Emerald City. Inside Iraq's Green Zone. Now, this one is pretty much based on the Iraq War for the most part. So, um, the Green Zone, this is an interesting fucking book. If you guys haven't read it, it's worth reading a lot of interesting stories. Like, I've come up with several deep dives where it's like, this is interesting. And even if I haven't come up with the show yet, per se, uh, it's brainstorming and like, I've never heard of this thing before. Let me do some research. And then going down that rabbit hole and finding like, wow, fuck me. This is interesting to me. This is worth talking about. So the book, back to the book. It's very cool. Uh, the writer is going to be Rajiv Ushendraskaran. Um, and again, it's very cool. So the premise, in a walled-off uh, compound of swimming pools and luxurious amenities, Paul Bremer and his coalition provisional authority set out to fashion a new democratic Iraq. Staffed by idealistic aides chosen primarily for their views on issues such as abortion and capital punishment, the CPA spent the crucial first year of occupation per pursuing goals that had little to do with the immediate needs of, post, of a post-war nation. 
Rajiv Shanjaskaran, former Washington Post Baghdad Bureau chief, gives us an intimate portrait of life inside the Oz-like bubble, which uh, continued unaffected by the growing mayhem outside. The green zone was pretty much oh, a militaristic zone called the green zone. It's like a safe zone for American militants that were working with Baghdad soldiers during the Iraq war is essentially what it was and what it is. And the, the, I like how even, you know, the, the cut snip gave you the Oz like bubble. Cause when you read about it, like all the, like they said, the amenities inside this, <laughs> this walled off zone is fucking bizarre. They had sushi fucking restaurants, like high-end restaurants in their, like, their chow hall, for, for the most part, in their bazaar, like, like a bazaar, bazaar, not, this is fucking bizarre. But, um, and interesting stories that came out of this and Homeboy's recollection of what he experienced in the green zone. And the stories reflect, and I'm a history nerd, I'm a nerd in general, but I, I love learning about war and history, like it's totally up my alley. Still need to finish this book, but it's again a great read. If you guys have not read it, it's it, it's worth checking out. Like everything I've told told you guys to read, comic book wise, uh, you know, uh, trade paper back wise, it, this is also in that vein. Like it's worth checking out. It's interesting, and you guys are going to learn a lot of things, and hopefully you guys um, will like it as much as I do. All right. Um, getting back to the topic at hand for today, I just wanted to give you guys some some content and, and background on where this deep dive came from. So there was a dude uh, in the United States government that was in the um, in the Pentagon, and he had a briefcase for a certain scenario, and he's like, "Fuck! I can't believe I got through unaffected with this particular thing." And I don't want to say code. It was all right. This is what it was. It, it was a piece of information uh, leading into uh, an organized, an organized stimulation. I'm sorry, simulation of some sorts. Like, okay, if this is a simulation, we're going to go with. with let's see how we're, uh, how stern, how strict our security is. How strict they are. How well they're trained to. Even stop a military official from going across with this information. This particular piece of information, and again, it was just a simulation at the time, uh, was interesting because the more I went down, I'm like, I've never heard of, of this operation before this simulation. This operation was called Operation Dark Winter. Operation Dark Winter was the code name for a senior level bioterrorist attack simulation conducted uh, June 20th to, 20, to the 23rd in 20, um, 2001. It was designed to carry out a mock version of a covert and widespread smallpox small attack in the United States. Tara O'Toole and Thomas Inglesby of the Johns Hopkins, Hopkins Center for Civilian Biodefense Strategies, CCBS, Center for Strategic and International Studies, the CSIS, and Randy Larson and Mark Demir of Analytic Services were the principal designers, authors, and controllers of the Dark Winter Project. The objective, Dark Winter focused on evaluating the inadequacies of a national emergency response during the use of a biological weapon against the American populace. The exercise was intended to establish preventative measures and response strategies by increasing governmental and public awareness of the magnitude and potential 
of such a threat posed by logical by biological weapons. The scenario. Dark Winter's uh, simulated scenario involved an initial localized smallpox attack on Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, with additional smallpox attacks cases in Georgia and Pennsylvania. The simulation was well, I'm sorry, was then designed to spiral out of control. This would create a contingency in which the National Security Council struggles to determine both the origin of the attack as well as deal with containing the spreading virus. By not being able to keep pace with the disease's rate of spread, a new catastrophic contingency emerges in which massive civilian casualties would overwhelm America's emergency response capabilities. Like I said, this is going to be a long read, but just to put it on pause right there, um, hmm, I'm like, this is fucking what this was. 2001, just a simulation. The disastrous contingencies that would result in the massive loss of civilian life were used to exploit the weaknesses of the U.S. healthcare infrastructure and its inability to handle such a threat. The contingencies were also meant to address the widespread panic that would emerge and which would result in a mass social breakdown and mob violence. Exploits would also include the many difficulties that the media would face when providing American citizens with the necessary information regarding safety procedures. Discussing the outcome of Dark Winter, Brian Walsh also noted the timing just a few, uh, few months before the 9-11 attack was eerily present present as the organizers had foreseen how the threat of terrorism including bioterrorism would come to consume the u.s government and public in the years to come <sighs> lots of head scratches lots of what the fucks and lots of wow like wows right lots of wows number one number one i'm probably scaring a lot of you guys off as far as look i'm not preaching to you which side was right which side was right which side was wrong which side was right which side was right um personal thoughts feelings emotions whatever guys i'm just giving you what the fuck this was in particular and again reading what this was i'm like <laughs> we fucking lived it we lived this that's why i was not i've had this one saved for a long time probably still deep into 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 the 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 fever dream world that we were all living and I even when I read it, I'm like, this is too soon to drop it. So this one has been banked on my laptop. Like, Josiah, so you'll hit it when you fucking hit this. Like, I think it's good enough. Um, so yeah, how do you guys feel about it so far? The summary of findings. According to UPMC's Center for Health Security, Dark Winter outlined several key findings with respect of the United States healthcare system's ability to respond to a localized bioterrorism event. First bullet point, an attack on the United States with biological weapons could threaten vital national security interests. In addition to the possibility of massive civilian casualties, Dark Winter outlined the possible breakdown in essential institutions, resulting in a loss of confidence in government, followed by civil disorder and a violation of democratic processes by authorities attempting to restore order. Shortages of vaccines and other drugs affected the response available to contain the epidemic, as well as the ability of political leaders to offer reassurance to the American people. This led to great public anxiety and flight by people desperate to get vaccinated, and it had a significant effect on the decisions taken by political leadership. 
In addition, Dark Winter revealed that a catastrophic biowarfare event in the United States would lead to considerably reduced U.S. strategic flexibility abroad. Next bullet point. Current organizational structures and capabilities are not well suited for the management of a biowarfare attack. Dark Winter revealed that major quote-unquote fault lines exist between uh, different levels of government federal, state, and local, between government and the private sector, among different institutions and agencies, and within the public and private sector. Leaders are unfamiliar with the character of bioterrorist attacks, available policy options, and other consequences. Federal and state priorities may be unclear, differ, or conflict. Authorities may be uncertain, and constitutional issues may arise. For example, state leaders wanted uh, control of decisions regarding the imposition of disease, uh, disease containment measures. Example, mandatory versus voluntary isolation and vaccination. The closure of state borders to all traffic and transportation and when or whether to close airports. Federal officials, on the other hand, argued that such issues were best decided on a national basis to ensure consistency to, to give, uh, the president max, max, give the president maximum control of military and public safety assets. Leaders in states most affected by smallpox wanted immediate access to smallpox vaccine for all citizens of their state. But the federal government had to balance these requests against military and other national priorities. Does this sound familiar to you guys? Um, I don't mean to laugh, but like, I mean, we lived this already. State leaders were opposed to federalized, federal, federal, oh my God, federalizing the National Guard. <laughs> which they were relying on to support logistical and public supply needs, while a number of federal leaders argued that the National Guard should be federalized. Wow, that word fucking killed me. Um, Again, long read, and I don't... Hopefully I'm not boring you guys yet. Like, these are in, like this is interesting to me. If it's not interesting to you, bear with me. I don't, I don't like sounding like a professor, but again, like, have you... Have you guys heard of this this scenario, this simulation before? <laughs> I mean, even though, let's discount discount what we went through, what we lived through prior to that, 2019. Have you guys heard of this before at all? And if you guys have, or anything similar, like don't think I can put this to movie wise. Um, okay, fuck me. Um, outbreak, the movie Outbreak. Uh, is a beautiful movie. It's like I saw Outbreak as, as a junior high kid, and I loved the fuck out of the movie. And it was an interesting movie to me. And then finding the Ground Zero monkey. Like, if you guys haven't seen that movie, go back and watch it. It's a cool fucking movie. I'm also a movie nerd for those that don't know. Um, so very much reminiscent of, of that, but even also what we went what we went through. Um, yeah, I'm just going to chime in because reading is, I don't mean to sound long winded, so I'm going to take these breaks and pauses so I can, you know, give my thoughts and opinions and, and I'm pretty sure you guys have your own continuing on the next bullet point. There is no surge capability capability in the United States healthcare and public health systems or in the pharmaceutical and vaccine industries. The exercise was designed to simulate a sudden and unexpected biowarfare event in which the United States healthcare system was unprepared. In the absence of sufficient preparation, Dark Winter revealed that the lack of sufficient vaccine or drugs to prevent the spread of disease severely limited management options. 
due to the institutionally limited surge capacity of the American healthcare system, hospitals quickly became overwhelmed and rendered effectively inoperable by the sudden and continued influx of new cases, exacerbated with by patients with common illnesses who feared they might have smallpox, smallpox, and people who were otherwise healthy but not concerned about their possible exposure. The challenges of making correct diagnoses and rationing scarce resources combined with the shortages of healthcare staff who were themselves worried about becoming infected or bringing infection home to their families imposed a huge burden on the healthcare system. The simulation also noted that while demands uh, was highest in cities and states that had been directly attacked. By the time victims became symptomatic, they were geographically dispersed, with some having traveled far from the original attack site. The simulation also found that without sufficient surge capability, public health agencies, analysts of the scope, source, and progress of the epidemic was greatly impeded, as was their ability to educate and reassure the public and their, and their capacity to limit casualties and their spread of disease. For example, even after the smallpox attack was recognized, decision makers were confronted with many uncertainties and wanted information that was not immediately available. In fact, they were given more information on locations and numbers of infected people than would likely be available in reality. Now, what a trip that is. In fact, they were given more information on locations and numbers of infected people than would likely be available in reality. Now, let's look at this simulation and what we went through. And, and again, I'm not saying one side was right or one side was wrong. I, I know everyone had their opinions of, of what we all lived through. Uh, without accurate and timely information, participants found it difficult to quickly identify the locations of the original attacks to immediately predict the likely size of the epidemic on the basis of initial cases. To know how many people were exposed, to find out how many were hospitalized and where, or to keep track of how many had been vaccinated. Lily wanted to say hi. My cat, she's becoming famous on the show. Dealing with the media will be a major next bullet point. Sorry, guys. Dealing with the media will be a major immediate challenge for all levels of government. Dark ones were revealed that information management and communication. Example: dealing with the press effectively, communication which communication with citizens, maintaining the information flows necessary for command and control in all institutional levels will be be a critical element of crisis slash consequence management. For example, participants worried that it would not be possible to forcibly impose vac vaccinations or travel res restrictions on large groups of, of the population without their general, general cooperation. To gain that cooperation, the president of the United, I'm sorry, the president of the other leaders in the dark winter recognized the importance of persuading their constituents, sorry, that there was fairness in the distribution of vaccine and other scarce resources, that the disease containment measures were for the general good of society, that all possible measures were being taken to prevent f the further spread of the disease, and that the government remained firmly in control despite the expanding epidemic. Uh, final bullet point here, should a contagious bioweapon pathogen be used, containing the spread of disease will present significant ethical, political, cultural, operational, and legal challenges. That's the final bullet point. 
In Dark Winter, some members advise that the imposition of geographic quarantines around the affected areas, but the implications of these measures, example, interruption of the normal flow of medicines, food and energy supplies, and other critical needs, were not clearly understood at first. In the end, it is not clear whether such draconian measures would have led to a more effective interruption of disease spread. Uh, yeah. Uh, what's more, uh, what's more, allocation, allocation of scarce resources necess necessitated some degree of rationing, creating conflict and significant debate between participants representing competing interests. And that's the final bullet point right there. And I'm going to read that last uh, sentence to you because this is what I keep kind of stopping at. And I've read this article, so forgive me, I did not read it again. Uh, since 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 reading it now to you out loud, that's probably I stumbled why I stumbled across a bunch of words. Uh, but the last sentence again. What's more, allocation of scarce resources necessitated some degree of rationing, creating conflict and significant debate between participants representing competing interests. Now, how do you guys feel about this? Is this interesting to you? Is this boring to you? Josias, I lived through this. Why the fuck do I want to know about this? Josias, why would you bring something like this to the table? Look, this is a deep dives in rabbit holes. Would you guys have heard about the Dark Winter any other way if you guys if, – if I wouldn't have stumbled it in a book that is full of facts – that is a national bestseller on what happened in the green zone um, and, and the, the names of, of military people and, and secretaries and, and, and presidents at the time and state officials that I heard about when, when I was this age, early 20s. And, and so interesting to me. And that's what these deep dives and rabbit holes are. They're water cooler talk. Have you ever heard of the Dark Winter? Like, tell people. I don't know what the fuck it was. Uh, it was a simulation that was created in 2001 and trip out on everything. It was just a simulation. And how trippy has our world been? Um, I, I was... I feel... That this is the darkest deep dive and rabbit hole I've come across before. All the other ones have been fun and funny, dude. Like fun and funny. Very fact-oriented. But very like, fuck, okay, that was funny and it was good and I'm curious about this. Um, this one, I was curious about this myself, so I thought I'd toss it out. Uh, the good thing is about the deep dives and rabbit holes is they're short shows. Um, it's not bad. They're not terrible. If you guys hated this episode, please let me know. Um, it was, again, it was interesting to me, but I want to know, like, Josiah, fuck you. You made me listen to that. It was only 20 minutes. Yes, guys. Um, I didn't make you do anything, but, um, if you liked this, let me know. Uh, hit me up on the side. Uh, I am at. Ooh, who the fuck am I? I'm at for the villain. I'm at for the villain on Twitter. I'm at comic underscore syndicate on Instagram. You guys can find uh, the comic syndicate podcast on Facebook. Hit me up anywhere, and I will respond back. And I will read. Um, actually, no, Deep Dives doesn't do shout outs on the show. Um, you can listen to any of these shows in any particular order you want. There is no time frame like they they're always topical like they are legit always topical you can listen to them in any sequential order even the back-to-back -back part one and part twos are not necessarily part ones or part twos they're not continuations of it it's just 
another side of the story I just told and the facts I brought to one particular topic that I went down searching rabbit holes so much where it brought me somewhere else that I was not completely ready or knew I would end up in. So, yeah, thanks for bearing with me. I, again, feel this is the darkest one I've I've recorded, and it's probably, again, one of the shortest ones. Operation Dark Winter. Hashtag the Dark Winter. Um, again, I, I don't know if it's dark, but I, I kind of – the reality-based uh, – the reality based behind it is the best way to say it maybe is why it is the darkest one I've done. And if I upset you guys, my apologies. These are never meant to make anyone angry. It's just thinking points and talking points. And again, I thought it was interesting. So thanks for giving me guys some of your time. I have not recorded one of these in the longest time and it feels good just to talk. I will catch you guys next week. Peace out.